Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Tager. And I'm Jeremy Mizrak. And today we're joined by Hensley Handcuff, a goalkeeper in the NWSL for Gotham FC. Hensley, thank you for joining us today. And how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on today. I'm super excited to answer your questions and, you know, get to tell my story a little bit. Of course. Obviously, you know, I mentioned you're playing in the NWSL for Gotham FC. But before we get into, you know, the pro, the collegiate career, when did you first start playing the sport of soccer? Yeah, so I started playing soccer when I was seven. Um, and, you know, I did like the whole YMCA thing as a kid. My mom had me in gymnastics for a long time, and then I got a little bit too tall for that. Um, but I started when I was seven, and then I probably got serious with it in middle school going into high school is when I was like, oh, maybe I could actually go to college for this. Now, were you always a goalie or like early on, did you play out in the field or how did that come about? I actually have always been a goalkeeper since the first time I touched a soccer ball. Um, when I was seven, my mom signed me up and I wasn't supposed to play in the game with the team that I was on. I was just going to be on the bench, but the goalkeeper that was in got hit in the face with a ball. She had braces, not a good look. So she came out of the game and they took, they took the tallest player on the bench and threw me in there. So ever since then, I've, I've been a goalkeeper. Now, I guess my question following that up is if you weren't a goalkeeper, what position out in the field would you play? See, it's so hard because I am so defensive minded. I would love to be a center back, but at the same time, there's got to be not a better feeling besides saving gold and scoring one. So I would like to, I would probably be a center back that goes up on corners, you know? All right. Yeah. Um, you finished your college career at Clemson after transferring from Villanova. Why was Clemson eventually where you decided to, you know, finish out your college career? Yeah. So it's kind of a long and hard story. My transition, you know, to Villanova and then to Clemson. Um, I actually decided to go to Villanova in the first place to help change the program there. Um, I felt that I was going to be in really good hands and I just trusted them with a lot of things. So I was excited for that. Um, however, before I moved up there, I went through a lot of different changes in my life. And whenever I got up there, I wasn't super fit. Um, you know, my, my soccer was not where it needed to be. So I had to make a decision, you know, if I was going to stay at Villanova, we would see if I would be a professional, but um, I knew the coaches at Clemson, they're so wonderful. Siri Molinex is a great goalkeeper coach. I mean, Clemson in general is just an amazing school. You have the world-class facilities that we have. They're known for producing great goalkeepers. Um, and so I really just took that opportunity to move on from Villanova and surround myself with people who pushed me every day to be the best I could. And it was the best decision I ever made. Now, going along with that, recruitment wise, either from high school to Villanova or Villanova to Clemson, what is that like as, you know, a student athlete getting contacted by coaches, contacting different coaches mm -hmm. and all of that? What is that like? Well, back then it was kind of different than it is now. I say back then, like I'm old. I'm <laughs> that was only a couple of years ago, but um, the recruitment process has changed a lot for athletes now versus athletes then. Um, when I, I oh, I'm so sorry, so sorry. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, the recruitment process back then was so different. So they start recruiting you right out of middle school. It felt like, um, I was verbally committed to Oklahoma state, my freshman year of high school, which if you think about it, I was 14 years old. No 14 year old should be committed somewhere, you know? 
Right. You don't know what you want when you're that age. So it was super stressful kind of in the beginning, but once school started reaching out, I realized I was going to be able to not have to pay for college, which was amazing for my mom and my family in the first place. Um, and so my little brother, he's 15, he plays basketball. He's actually going through the recruiting process now. And I'm just always telling him like, just be patient. Don't, don't commit anywhere too early. So I committed to Oklahoma state my freshman year and then two years pass and I decide, you know, things change. I want to get out of Oklahoma. Um, and that's when I decided to go up to Villanova and Philly to help change the program up there. And then my time there was amazing. You know, I, I learned a lot about myself and other people, but I wanted to work on the field um, and just get a different view from that perspective. So I entered my name to the transfer, transfer portal um, my sophomore, October of my sophomore year. And as soon as I entered my name in, I was having coaches email me like crazy. Um, there's different settings that you can set the transfer portal at to where you can only have these certain schools contact you, or you can only have the schools that you're interested contact you. But I didn't know what I wanted from, from the transfer portal. So I had it to where everybody could contact me. Um, and it was truly amazing. I mean, it's so cool that the NCAA has this set up to where, you know, you have options, you're never stuck somewhere. Um, and so it was super stressful in the beginning, but looking back on it, everybody has a journey and I feel like kind of going through the waves of recruiting and the stressfulness. And, you know, if you go somewhere and you don't like it, it's okay to leave knowing that is super important. Yeah, definitely. So if you had to pick one memory, what would you say is your favorite memory from playing college soccer? People ask me this all the time and it's definitely when we beat UCLA in the um, sweet 16 of the 2020 NCAA national championship um, tournament. Uh, we were winning 1-0 and then they came back and scored. And so it was 1-1 um, and we went into overtime, got through overtime, 1-1 still. So we ended up going into PKs. And I remember it was on Mother's Day um, two years ago or maybe what? That was last year. Wow. That was last year. It was on Mother's Day of last year. And my mom was there. She doesn't get to watch me play soccer very often. So that was such a special moment. And we were going five for five on PKs. I mean, it was down to sudden death and the six PK taker walked up from UCLA. It was pouring down rain. I had this huge smile on my face because I knew that that was going to be the save. I, I knew it before I even made the save. So I saved it and there's videos and videos of me celebrating and the team celebrating, but you, there's nothing better than that feeling, knowing that you won the game for your team in such a critical moment also. Moving on from your collegiate career to the professional career, what was it like, you know, getting drafted by Gotham FC, knowing that you were going to be able to further your soccer? I mean, it's every little kid's dream come true. I, I knew for a long time that I was put on this earth to play soccer. That's, that's just, you know, what I'm meant to do. And I've had this dream for such a long time and it's always just kind of been in the back of my head. Like someday I'll get there. Someday I get, I'll get there. And I don't think I, I still don't think I've fully wrapped my head around it, you know, just because now that I'm in this professional environment, I have all of these new dreams and aspirations, you know, I'm never, never going to be satisfied with it, but uh, draft night was probably one of the best nights of my life. Um, I cried like a baby in the video because it was just so many emotions of, am I going to get drafted? Um, 
where am I going to go? Am I going to be good enough when I get there? And at the end of the day, whenever they called my name on the screen, I was with my family and, and it was just so special. Yeah, definitely. So what, what would you say has been the biggest difference from training in college to professional, like training professionally? Yeah, um, I would say college and here a little bit too is very team based. You are doing a lot of tactical reviews with the team. Um, where here it's very individual based, you know, I could have a horrible performance and I could be gone tomorrow. You know what I mean? Where in college you can afford to make mistakes. Here, of course, it's you're safe to make mistakes and everything, but it is just such at a higher level that you you really don't want to because I all eyes will be on you. Um, another thing on the field that's different is just the speed of play is so much faster in the professional level. It's so fast and you have, I mean, I'm still getting used to it and I've been here for four months. So it's, it's so fast and, and so grueling, but I'd say the hardest thing that I've kind of gone through so far is like the mental side of the game. Being a goalkeeper in general is just a whole different mental ballpark that we could get into, but I'm training under two of the best goalkeepers in the league, Ashlyn Harris and Michelle Betos. They've had so much experience and I'm so lucky to be able to be learning from them every day, but also kind of incorporating myself into training sessions and, and what I have to bring to the table personally. Now you mentioned once you went pro, you started to look at all the, uh, you know, goals and aspirations you have for yourself. Now that you knew that, since you knew that you were going to further your career, what, what are those goals? What do you have planned for yourself and your pro career? Every rookie in the NWSL wants to play, you know, and it's different for goalkeepers because you kind of have an experienced goalkeeper that you learn from. And then when your time comes, your time comes. So I'm just doing that right now. And one of my goals is waiting for that time to come and just kill it in that moment um, and not look back from there. So, you know, as a team, I want to win a championship. I've never won a national championship in anything. And that is one thing that I have to do by the end of my career. It may happen, it may not happen, but I'm gonna do everything personally that I can do to make that happen. Um, you know, everybody has dreams about getting back in with the US national team and everything. And, and you know, that's every little girl's dream to go to the Olympics and, and be on World Cup team. So I think that will just come along with the process if it does. But, you know, right now I'm just keeping my head down and, and focused on the little things. So little goals is like, kill it in training tomorrow and earn a roster spot and then earn a starting spot. And that, that'll be my goals over the next couple of years. So um, how is it being part of the, um, you know, Olympic development program? Yeah, it was really cool. I actually, uh, my first camp was back in 2014. I believe I was 14 years old in California, um, freshman in high school. Uh, they had us running the beep test and everything. It was in uh, Chula Vista, San Diego at the Olympic Training Center. And having that crest on your chest is an insane feeling representing your country. Luck I've been lucky enough to, you know, travel the world with, with the U16s, U, U18s, U19s, and U20s. Um, and I, I would have never gone to these amazing places without being a part of that team and that kind of squad. So it really helps you grow up really fast as, as a young soccer player, but it's, it exposes you to so many different cultures that I would have never learned about. Um, and then on the field also, it, it teaches you 
the expectations of the U.S. national team. So it, it was such a cool experience. And if I get back in it, then I'll, I'll be back in it. Now, you mentioned the off the field aspect, you know, getting to experience different places. Did you ever have a favorite place that you've been able to travel because of soccer? Yeah, I would say the favorite place that I have been to is uh, the Netherlands, Amsterdam. It's just gorgeous. The The canal sides are so, so beautiful. The people are so kind. Um, it's just such a cool country because there's so much variety of things you can do. I also have been to Australia and that's one for the books. I'll never forget that plane ride. <laughs> um, that was really cool. I mean, they have kangaroos on the side of the road. Like we have squirrels in the trees. It's insane. So that was really cool to see. Um, Croatia was beautiful, kind of seeing that Croatian and Italian culture and, and being in those little towns was just such a cool experience. I looked at, when I looked at your Instagram, I saw, you know, a highlights worth of Just Women's Sports. It's in your Instagram bio. You have posts about it. What is Just Women's Sports? What, what is that? So it's a, a company that started not too long ago, um, and it kind of just highlights all of women's sports in the United States, whether it's softball, basketball, gymnastics, soccer, um, just this, this group of people who highlight all of these things. And it's really grown into this huge business, into sponsorships, into, um, I mean, I think they're pushing to have their own streaming service soon to have like shows on it's it's a really cool company that i think a lot of people are getting invested into so i'm so grateful to be a part of them and kind of help represent what they stand for and you know bring more light to women's sports because the next up and coming thing is women's sports yeah now you said you were part of it what what do you do kind of with just women's sports so i would say i'm an ambassador for them i don't have a very technical turn with them but i would say i'm an ambassador i get invited to events that they have um like the find the women's college um basketball tournament final four we they had a, a watch party for that up here in new york city and so i got to go to that um they'll send me stuff and i promote it on my instagram and so i'd say i'm just an ambassador for them I'm going to kind of go back to your favorite memory. Not every goalkeeper has that moment where, you know, they have a super high pressure situation, get to save a penalty kick, but not just necessarily in that moment, but any penalty kick when it's you and a player, what goes through your mind? Are you trying to look at a specific thing? Is there like a mental cue that you're trying to teach yourself to, you know, go off of what, what goes through your mind in the leading up seconds and then as it's being taken? Um, yeah, I think it's important to first off, tell yourself that you have nothing to lose. We're not supposed to save those, you know, everything is against us. And so going into that with that sort of motivation, that's like, you know what, everything may be against me, but I'm still going to try to save this just gives you confidence in itself. Um, there are so many little details that I could go into about a player's positioning, whether their hip opens right before they strike the ball, or if it's closed, their approach, where their eyes are. Um, there's so many little details that you can really look at, but at the end of the day, I try not to think too deep about it. Um, a lot of it has to do with reactions now too, because players are starting to manipulate their body to where they think they might be going one way and then they go the other way. So honestly, it's all about reps and experience and seeing players kind of do it over and over again um and a little bit of luck too <laughs> quite honest 
Yeah, that, so um, um, before every game, do you have any like pregame routines you like to do or like pregame music, pregame food or anything like that? Yeah, I uh, listen to Hell's Bells by ACDC. Have to get that one in there. Um, I'm also always weird. I have to put my right boot on, then my left boot on, and then my right shin guard on, then my left shin guard on, and then my right glove on, and then my left glove on. It's just kind of a thing that I go through. Um, at Clemson, I started doing this before the game. We would kind of, before we even warm up, we would walk out and just walk around the field to just get mentally tuned in and, and locked in for the game. And so I'm a big energy person. I have uh, a tiger's eye crystal that I wear around my neck on game days. And then I just try to go out to the field and sit there in silence for a little bit and just kind of feel the energy of the earth kind of fill me up and, and get me, get me mentally ready for the game. I try not to do too much and think too much about it also. So I don't overthink. You talked about the two veteran goalkeepers that you're you know, learning under with Gotham FC, but either in soccer or life in general, who are some of your other role models that you try and, you know, follow and learn lessons from and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, my mom, I would say is my number one role model. She is a preschool teacher and I have no idea how she has that kind of patience. Um, it's really cool to see her in her environment where she can control 20 screaming four-year-olds and the amount of patience that she has with them is so inspiring. And so that's one thing that I've learned from her is just to be patient in everything I do, be patient in my career, my time will come. Um, another huge role model in my life is Jill Lloyden. She's amazing. She runs the Keeper Institute up here in New Jersey. She's just been somebody that anybody can rely on for anything, especially the past couple of months with all of the athlete mental health that has been going on. Um, she's, she's been there for me. She's been texting me, um, and on the field, she's just a phenomenal goalkeeper coach. And then kind of going along with that, I would say my biggest role model right now, um, would be Katie Meyer, the, um, female soccer player who passed away at Stanford. She was one of my close friends and she just brought so much positivity and energy and light into the game, into training sessions that, you know, every time I step on the, it, her passing away changed soccer for me. Um, and I play for a different reason now. So every time I step on the field, I think of her and how grateful I am to, to be in goal and just feel her presence. So obviously soccer takes up a majority of your time, but if you do have any free time, you know, what hobbies do you have or what do you like to do for fun? Man, it's a good question. Um, when I'm not playing soccer, I'm watching soccer. So I like to watch a lot of soccer. I recently just got a cat. I'm a new cat mom. So I spend a lot of time taking care of her. Her name's Luna. Um, I've been trying to honestly think of some, some, I like to paint. I've gotten into painting during COVID. I would paint a lot. Um, and it's a really good way for me to express my emotions physically without me having to talk, um, which I find is extremely helpful. And then honestly, just sitting in the sun is so helpful. Being outside, going on walks is so beneficial for our mental state. So I like to spend a lot of time outside too. You talked about watching soccer. What, is there like a specific league? Do you watch the other NWSL teams? Do you watch, you know, foreign teams over in Europe? Who do you like to watch? Yeah, I would say that I've seen every single NWSL game so far this season, except for if they were being played at the same time as our game. I love just watching different players. And even 
if I'm not, even if I'm just watching it and not really taking anything from it, I'm still learning something. Um, I like to watch the EPL Champions League. Um, I was so hurt last week with Man City losing in the semifinal. That one really crushed me, but we're number one in the EPL, which makes me happy. So that was great. Had a great win yesterday. Um, yeah, that's about it. I guess I'll ask you this one then. Obviously, it's Real Madrid and uh, Liverpool in the final. Who do you have? See, this one's a hard one for me. They're both teams that I've had my issues with in the past. But I'm going to say I have to go with – I'm going to have to go with Liverpool. All right, all right. I got one last question here for you. What pieces of advice would you give to – either athletes who are looking to take their, you know, playing to the next level, level, whether that's high school to college or college to the pros or advice that you would give to just girls who are in sports in general. Oh man. If I could go back and kind of tell my young self, um, any advice at all, it would be. And I know this sounds so cliche, but everybody has a journey and your journey is going to be different from the person next to you. Their journey is going to be different from the person next to you. I mean, when I was 14 years old, like we spoke about me being recruited to Oklahoma state, I thought I had everything figured out in the world. I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to go to Oklahoma state, start all four years, get to see my family a lot. Little did I know two years later, I would have cancer and be going to school in Philadelphia, you know? So like, just keeping an open mind and, and knowing that your process is different than anybody else's and the things that you are going to go to are going to only help you as a person. All right. Well, like I said, that was the last question I have for you. Once again, you know, thank you for taking some time out of your day and letting us get to hear your story and all the different aspects of it. Um, and good luck with everything. I know, you know, the pro career is a new thing for you and Hopefully it's a long one. I know me and Ethan will be sitting here, you know, paying attention, seeing what you do. Wish you the best of luck. But yeah, once again, thank you for taking some time out of your day. Thanks for having me. It was super cool to talk to you guys. And yeah, let's hope for a long career. All right. Ethan, do you want to hit us with an uh, outro? Sure. So, Sports, I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jeremy Miserak. We are signing off.